0: Delighted to be here again tonight. It's lovely to see you all. You are so welcome in Jesus' name. What a lovely congregation of bright clothes and nice ties on the gentlemen. Well, one or two open necks, I can understand that. But it's lovely to see you all, and I'm so happy to see all the boys and girls you should be in bed later on after the service. But it's lovely to see you all, and teacher be waiting for you tomorrow morning, again, if you're at school, and we just rejoice to have each other. I believe this week can be a, a focal week for so many of you. I'm sure that even though we are just scheduled to be here until Friday night, in the will of the Lord, that if you will make the best of the services... God will meet with you. Now, I appreciate that it's a very busy time of the year, and I know that if you're a farmer and you're busy getting in the silage, it is a day and night process at the present time. Bring the tractor and trailer to the car park and park up, and I'll get you out in good time. And if you give that hour to the Lord, He'll give you back two hours in its place. So please do push the boat out and uh, try your best to come and make a plan. Get up and maybe get the tractor going an hour earlier in the morning. I mean, it's not red. Leave it in the shed. So... I got that from Wesley, so I know what to say. But if you're not a Massey Ferguson man, well, uh, I don't know what to say. (laughs) It's good to see you all tonight. It's lovely to be here. Yvonne is happy to be here. I think she's looking real nice tonight in her red, white, and blue. She's celebrating the platinum anniversary, and we're celebrating our golden anniversary in just a month from now, so she'll probably have a gold outfit on for that, and that's about as much gold as she can get. But anyhow, it's lovely to have Anita with us all the way from Scotland in her nice tartan outfit, Anita McDonald. Uh, she's a descendant of the people who lived in Dunluce Castle. You didn't know that, but that's true. And uh, it's not a made-up story. It's not a fairy story. Uh, so, yes, she is. And she's home uh, to the country of her ancestors. She is a singer. She writes a lot of her own songs. We first brought her to Ireland, to Northern Ireland, years ago, and she has been coming ever since and now sings in many different places. But over the past couple of years, she hasn't been across with us, but this is a renewed commencement to her ministry of singing in Ireland. So, Anita, without any further ado, come ahead. She's going to bring us a couple of messages in song. Sit back, get ready, and uh, listen to the message. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, it's good to be back with you again this evening, and uh, <coughs> enjoy the lovely fellowship uh, with Alan and Rhonda, Ronda Ronda, <laughs> yeah, and uh, experience their lovely hospitality. So thank you, and thank you, Sharon. If I misled you this morning with the sound, um, this song is is a song. That, it was written in 2016. You know, I meet a lot of people and sometimes they have fears and doubts about their salvation. Um, but you, you know that you're saved if you, if you repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart and, and wash you in, in, with his blood. And this song just, just evolved from that, speaking to people about um, their salvation. Thank you, Sharon. gave Sharon a wee bit time to change over the CDs. And this next song, um, it was written many, many years ago when I was going through a time of ill health and um, just thanking God that his presence was there with me all the time and that I knew that he could heal me because his word tells me That he is the great physician and he's our healer. I'm not talking about the time when I had cancer seven years ago. I'm speaking about a good while ago. And you know, I was thinking about his nail pierced hands and how they were pierced for me, for my peace, for my salvation, for my healing. And I know that he can heal, that he can restore, that he can deliver. And you know, there was a time when my heart was really broken about something. And I knew that he could heal my broken heart. And because of my work in the prisons, I know that he can heal broken lives. So this song is about his nail-pierced hands. Are you ready? Okay, thank you. (music) We'll <music>
0: message and both those messages in song, a touch from the nail-pierced hands. Let's bow together in prayer. We give thee praise, loving Lord, that even as we have been listening to the message that we have just heard, that that sense of need, that Impress of the Spirit, that little voice in the inner soul that is saying to someone, I need a touch, you need a touch. I pray, Lord, this evening that you will fulfill the desire and the need that is expressed in that word. And I pray this evening, Lord, that there will be the living touch of the living Spirit, revealing the living Christ. Oh, speak, Lord, and continue to speak in the stillness whilst we wait on Thee, hushing our hearts to listen in expectancy. Speak, O blessed Master, in this sacred hour, and let us see Thy face, Lord, And feel thy touch of power. Glorify Jesus, O Holy Spirit of God. We pray in the name of Jesus now. Amen and Amen. Now we're going to turn to the scriptures where there was another hymn. But really, for the sake of time, uh, I want to get right on with the word Isaiah chapter 6 tonight. The sixth chapter of the prophecy of Isaiah and commencing to read at verse 1. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, And his train, or his glory, filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go, and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and convert and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate, and the Lord have removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet, but yet, in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten, as a teal tree, as an oak, whose substance is in them when they cast their leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. Amen. And I pray that God will bless the reading of this word to all our hearts. If there was a very simple title for my message tonight, it's just two words, Taking Fire. Taking Fire. Two of the most powerful agents that we find recorded in the Scripture, is the agency of the blood of Jesus and the agency of the Holy Ghost. And the measureless power of the blood of Jesus and the measureless power of the Spirit of God unite together to bring people from all backgrounds, all races of color and creed and whatever and country and continent to bring them from what they are by nature to what they can be by grace. And we're in the presence of a great God who has given a great Savior, who paid a great price that you and I might have a so great salvation. And there on Calvary's hill, 2,000 years ago, he gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice, so that you and I who are dead in trespasses and in sin, and held bound, should be wonderfully, powerfully arrested, and gripped by the Spirit of God, who then moves upon us to apply the blood of Jesus. And in that moment when the Spirit of God touches your life, and the blood of Jesus touches your heart, You will pass from death to life, from the power of sin and Satan unto God, and you will become a child of God. Your life will be turned around. Your tongue will be cleaned up. Your mind will be washed out. And your life will be redirected. And you will become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Glory to God for the precious blood of Jesus. Have you ever felt its touch? Have you ever felt its quickening power? Have you ever known the forgiveness that is available to you this evening through the finished work of the cross? The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. And you have come to the lifeboat this evening, maybe you have come as a guest You've come to the anniversary services as we have come as guests this evening. And God has brought our lives together and our paths to cross. Because on this night, the 5th of June, 2022, Jesus wants to save you. He wants to lift you from the death of sin to the life of righteousness. He wants to bring you from your rebelliousness To be reconciled to God. Thank God. For Jesus. Who took the father's hand in one hand. And took my hand in the other hand. And across the unbridgeable divide. Between me and an utterly holy God. He bridged the gulf. And brought me into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. All my dear people. There's not a a man, not a woman, not a young man, not a young woman in the service tonight who is excluded from the grace of God and the precious power of the blood of Jesus. Calvary's cross reaches high enough to touch God in heaven, reaches deep enough to go deeper than the deepest sin, reaches wide enough to encircle the globe and to bring you, into that compass of grace and bring you into that relationship with Jesus Christ. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. I found that out for myself as a young man And tonight, He is more precious to me now than He was the first night I came 60 years ago. But as I look back down through the the sojourn of my life, I say, thank God for that night when I met Jesus at the crossroads and He changed my life there. And I began to feel God has a plan for me. God planned in eternity to save my soul. And then he revealed himself to me again. And he said, I've got a plan for you, Eric. It's not that you should spend your life as a farmer in County Tyrone, but that you should give your life to me to go and serve me and to labor in the kingdom and to be what I am today would never have been part of my wildest dreams. I was a farmer's boy. I was not a prophet, neither was I a son of a prophet. And there was no one in our immediate family who ever had gone that way. But God stepped in and put His finger on my life and He touched me again. And when He came after the touch of the pardoning, cleansing blood of Jesus, it was the touch of the living Spirit in fire. And the fire was kindled on the altar of my heart. Oh, what did Wesley in his wonderful hymn say? Kindle a flame on the mean altar of my heart. There let it for thy glory burn with an inextinguishable blaze and trembling to its source return in fervent love and earnest praise. And I look back to that epochal moment in my life at my bedside on the last Friday night of February 1965 as a young Christian just saved three years when God spoke into my heart through a wonderful verse, verse 13 of Luke chapter 11. I wasn't to know at that time, but I found out later on that was a key verse in the life of the great Oswald Chambers. Whenever the Lord said, If ye being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto those that ask Him? And I knew that I was born of the Spirit. I couldn't have the Spirit and not be a child of God. I knew that. But I knew that there was an unmet need in my young heart. I knew that I was quite temperamental. Somebody said 10% temper and 90% me- uh, te- mental and 20- 90% temper. And sometimes it did come out alright. There was opportunity for that to happen on the farm, especially when some things didn't go the way you wanted them to go. But you know, God stepped into my life and took a dealing with my inner nature and gave me a deep inward cleansing. And it has always impressed me down through the years when a consecrating soul and a sanctifying God meet together. And whenever a consecrating body, a soul, a life, a man, a woman, and a sanctifying God meet together, the fire is kindled on the altar of the heart. Oh, sacred fire of the living God. This young man, Isaiah, just about two years into the prophetic ministry, is found in the presence of God at a significant point in the history of the nation. I don't need to develop it or say to you that we are sitting at a pivotal point in the, in the history of our nation. Not only in the sense that we're celebrating a platinum anniversary and what an amazing feature that has been in the life of our queen over this 70 years. But we are at an epochal moment in the history of our nation. We are bound either for destruction, judgment or revival. And we need God to touch our nation, but it's got to start with individual hearts. Was it not someone who said, Lord, send revival, drew a circle and stepped inside it, and said, Lord, send revival, and started inside this circle. Do it in me. Oh, Holy Ghost, revival comes from thee. Send a revival, start the work in me. Thy word declares thou wilt supply my need for blessing now, I humbly plead. Wouldn't it be something significant, men and women tonight, if you as a believing Christian man or woman would come to a point where the fire would fall on your heart? General Booth wrote a great hymn. It was actually picked for tonight. We didn't sing it. Send the fire. Send the fire. What for? To burn up every trace of sin. To bring the light and glory in. The revolution now begin. Send the fire. Send the fire. And I found myself on many occasions after having failed the Lord, after having spoiled my testimony somewhat, until one day my father said, after he saw me burst out in a burst of temper, and he said, And so, Eric, you call yourself a Christian? It was like a dagger to my heart. But when the fire fell, God did something that needed to be done And praise God, he has met my need in that whole area down through my life. My friends, this evening, the inner dealings of God in the inner chambers of our hearts are vitally important to successful, effective, fruitful Christian living, victorious Christian living, and service for Jesus. And so there is the great need of fire in our hearts. We are living, as I've said, in momentous days in the history of our nation. We are living in momentous days in the history of the world. There's false fire. There's satanic fire. There's darkness. There are all kinds of oppositions. But tonight, there is in Jesus Christ in the Spirit's ministry more than adequate to face the challenges that are outside and the giants that oppose. There is more in Him to deliver and to give us quenchless victory. Yes, my friend. And you as an individual tonight, God is saying, step up to the plate and let me endue your life with my fire. Oh, thou fire of the Spirit, come and touch my life. Is that your prayer as a believing Christian brother, sister tonight? I need that effusion. I need that divine, consuming flame. Consume the dross, the rotten wood, all the things inside, as Charles Wesley put it. And this evening tonight to take your cleansed and purified heart and fill it with his divine love and his great power. We look for a life of power. But God wants to make us clean vessels so that then we can become vessels through which he flows. Channels only, blessed Master, but with all thy wondrous power, flowing through us thou canst use us every day and every hour. It was again quoting Samuel Chadwick this morning as we did earlier on, who said on another occasion, the supreme need, of the church is fire. The symbol of the church is not a crucifix, but fire. The baptism of the spirit is a baptism of fire. Spirit-filled souls are ablaze for God. The church began and conquered in Holy Ghost fire if it is to continue as a conquering movement, it will only do so by the fire of God. How profound those words are. And if they were relevant to the days in which Chadwick lived, how much more pertinent they are to the hour in which we live. The church began in fire and conquered in fire. If it is to continue as a conquering movement, it will only do so by the fire of God. And it is as that is a reality in each individual person that then the combined effect of it becomes victorious movement in the spirit for God. And my desire this evening is that as the Spirit came on young Isaiah when he was in the presence of God. And what did he see? Well, it tells us what happened. There was a revelation of God. A revelation of the holiness of God. Yes, my dear people. God is unique in that He is holy. There are no gods like our God. There is no God in the earth that is holy as our God is holy. And tonight He is out to prepare a people who are holy His. Brought into His holy kingdom, put onto a holy highway, led onto a holy life, led up to a holy heaven, that everywhere and all across the whole panorama of spiritual things, it is holiness unto the Lord. That's our watchword and song. And so, Lord, as I am part of that, make me that person. Make me that light. Touch me, Lord, that I might be that person. If the supreme need of the church is fire, then I must contribute to that in some way if I don't have it. So it's now upon me, concumbent, to change that situation by stepping forward with a yielded life and saying, Lord, here's my heart, here's my spirit, here's my whole soul, here's my whole inward being. I take myself and put myself at your feet to let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. Let the fire from heaven fall and set my heart aflame for thy glory. When we were in our younger years, Yvonne and I, before we were married, we used to go to some of the great house parties in the Bangor Convention, and we used to listen to people who were leading those meetings and leading the youth meetings and some very wonderful people, and we used to sing, a blaze for Christ, a flame of fire for him a blaze for Christ, for Jesus' souls to win, a life redeemed, a life of holiness unto him, a life on fire for God and souls, a blaze for Christ. And our hearts wanted to be like that. And thank God he came to us as individuals and met us at the point of our desire and kindled the flame of sacred love on the mean altar of our hearts. Yes, and tonight he's the same God. And the Spirit is the same baptizer. And Jesus has the same longing desire for every one of his people. And that is that they should be endued with fire and power from on high. Years ago, there was a missionary society that was founded in Japan. It was called the Japan Evangelistic Band. There were some key people in that experience or in that founding a man called Paget Wilkes, and he's a wonderful man, got a lovely series of books about by Paget Wilkes, but there was another man called Barclay Buxton. And Barclay Buxton on a famous occasion said we need a threefold fire. He said first of all, we need a fire that burns in. And what he meant by that was a revealing fire. A fire that reveals need. Shine the fire, the light, the fiery light into my inmost being. And that's what happened to Isaiah. This young man setting out in the prophetic ministry when he saw the holiness of God and the blazing white heat of that glorious person My friends, he said, woe is me. Woe is me. It's in the white light of the presence of a thrice holy God that we get a revelation of who we really are. And Isaiah saw his uncleanness, his uncleanness, and he cried out from his soul, woe is me. And when we get to the point where there's a cry within our hearts because of a need that we perceive, then we are on the first rung of the ladder toward the blessing of a divine outpouring on our lives, a fire that burns in. For those years that I told you about, the fire was burning in, revealing my need revealing my need and propelling me with an intensifying desire. Oh, Lord, I need this inward cleansing. Oh, Lord, I need thy sacred fire. I need that touch to come upon me. And then, praise God, as he led by the Spirit, young Isaiah was moved under the hand of God when an angelic being came from the very seat of power, the very altar of God, with a living coal and touched him. It says it touched his lips, but it is symptomatic of the touch in his heart because he said, Thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. And when the Holy Spirit says that in the Bible, he is going deeper than the outward branches and the outward fruits of sinful actions. He is going to the very top root of the heart and he is touching at the very base of the need. Thine iniquity, that which is unequal, thine inequity, that which is not right, not balanced, not right in the sight of God, that, that iniquity is taken away. And thy sin, as a principle, the singular term, the noun, not the verb, the noun, thy sin purged, purged. Oh, the purging power of the fire of God. Do you know something? Fire is the greatest purifying agent known to man. What couldn't deal with the great disease that was sweeping the city of London? The fire of London dealt with it. When they couldn't stop the spreading disease, fire stopped it in its tracks. And friends, tonight there is nothing apart from the deep cleansing power of the blood of Jesus and the pure sanctifying flame of the Spirit that can cleanse the deepest recesses of the heart. Nothing else. But right here we have both. Both agents are present. Both are available. They both come to us through the merits of the Savior himself. And the Holy Spirit who has come on this anniversary day, Pentecost day, the Holy Spirit who has come, has come to reveal Jesus in all his purity, all his cleansing power, all his gracious purifying flame to take the whole inner being and make us perfectly whole. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You say, Eric, is that really true? Could that really happen to me? What would I need to do? What would I have to do to accept, to receive, to engage? Well, my dear people, if we have ever been to the cross, we will know that we came with a sense of need. We came with a humble contrition of heart. We came with a total confession of our sinfulness before God. And we came with a simple faith on a provision already made And when we need an inner deep cleansing, we can come with the same simple faith in the same wonderful ministry of the Spirit and the blood and touch Jesus and He can touch us and touch us at the recess of our need. Oh, my dear people, a fire that burns in, a fire that burns up, a fire that burns up, Thank God tonight for the fire that consumes whatever is unclean, ever is unholy, whatever is impure, whatever is false, whatever is lukewarm, whatever is unequal tonight. It can take all of that and make a clean sweep. Oh, to be clean. Oh, make me clean. Oh, make me clean. Mine eyes thy holiness have seen. Oh, send the sin-consuming flame and make me clean in Jesus' name. You know, some months ago in our program, Glad Tidings are we had the voice of the Reverend Douglas Crossman, a very dear friend of ours, and he was singing that beautiful song, Oh, make me clean, oh, make me clean. And you know, as it went out across the uh, the internet and out through the world, there were people who were touched by that one song. And I know this night that I serve a clean God who will have a clean people. And I serve a fire-filled God who will have a fire-filled people. So that we might burn for Jesus as long as we live. We need a fire that burns in. We need a fire that burns up. But we also need a fire that burns on. False fire shoots up for a moment. True fire burns on and on and on. And there's a beautiful verse in the Old Testament and it goes like this. The fire shall ever be upon the altar. It shall never be put out. Oh, hallelujah. The fire shall ever be upon the altar. It shall never be put out. Would you want that kind of life? Would you want that kind of living flame? For the life of me, I couldn't. Understand that if you were truly saved but feeling this is what I need, that you wouldn't want to move right away and come to where He wants you to come and say, Lord, Lord, here I am. I am available now. I open up my inmost being. Every hidden recess, every secret thing, every hidden thing, every unclean thing, everything that they know about me in my home that doesn't appear in the church, everything that I might be known about in business which the pastor doesn't know anything about, everything in my life, Lord, I lay it out under Thine all-seeing eye. See me, not as I am seen by the outsider. See me as I really am. And, O Lord, for the glory of thy name, come, cleanse, purify, and fire my heart, fire my spirit. When General Booth set out in his ministry, and eventually the Salvation Army became a reality, they had a banner, and on the banner were two, three words, three words, blood and fire. Blood and fire. And the essay, the Salians, they went by blood and fire. And friends, tonight, it is by the blood of Jesus and by the fire of the Spirit that our lives can be made a praise and an honor and a glory for our wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus, who will be a candidate tonight. Who will be a young Isaiah whose lips will be touched, but the heart made clean, the iniquity taken away, the inward sinfulness purged. And those lips that were touched by the coal of fire then became the lips of the greatest evangelical prophet, of all the Old Testament prophets. It was a touch that qualified him for the ministry that was going to be difficult, challenging, resisted by people. But in the spite of it all, this man kept on going. The flame kept burning. And he said, Lord, how long? God said, until there's a wasting away and all of that and a great decline. We are in the midst of that. Well, friends, we have something in Him. A treasure in Him. On this Pentecost Sunday, there is a measureless treasure in Jesus for the hour in which we live to make us flames of fire for Jesus Christ. Oh, Spirit... Of faith and love. Come in the midst I pray. And purify my waiting heart. Baptize me with power today. And then as suddenly as God met his need. There was a voice. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And it's in the continuous tense. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? You know what happened? In the moment of the inward, purging, fiery baptism, Isaiah's ear was brought on to the wavelength of ministry for Jesus Christ for the living God. And when the flame touches your heart, there is the potential to hear the call of God. And you might find yourself not too distant hence, being commissioned in in a service in the lifeboat. Yes, a valedictory service, sending you forth into the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has a new dimension. A larger dimension. God has a plan for you. Something only you can do. You are so valuable to him. And now he wants to give you his special valued gift. The gift of his spirit in living flame. His blood in cleansing, purifying power, so that this night you might become a vessel unto honor, sanctified, suitable for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Yes, my dear people, we have an open altar, we have an inviting Savior, we have a present spirit. This is a key and precious moment to do business with God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thou Christ of burning, cleansing flame, send the fire, send the fire. Thy blood-bought gift today we claim. Send the fire, send the fire. Look down and see this waiting host. Give us the promised Holy Ghost. We want, yes, Lord, and some of us want it more than others. We want a Pentecost, another, not an exactly the same, but like it, doing the same thing. Accomplishing the same end, we want another Pentecost. Send the fire. Send the fire. Hear us, Lord. Hear us as we sing this hymn. Hear us as we think of its message. Meet with us as individuals. And for those, Lord, tonight who are here, never have been to the cross, never have been saved by the grace of God, never even experienced the first touch of the blood of Jesus. We pray that there will be some man tonight who will put his hand into the nail-pierced hands of Jesus Christ, just like that lovely song, the nail-pierced hand. And I pray that pardon will flow from God in heaven to a man in the lifeboat. And Lord, that this will be a saving night, but that it will be particularly, Lord, tonight, a sanctifying night when the Spirit himself will come down and move graciously amongst us. Oh, hear us, Lord. Hear us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.